welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neal. Hello. How are you doing, Sam? Oh, I'm pretty good, thank you. I'm still trying to deal with this heatwave. Cool, yeah. That we're currently going through. It's been like 29 degrees for like a week. Yeah, I was... And that's uh, not a comfortable temperature. No, I was down in Liverpool yesterday, and uh, Manchester as well, and yeah, yesterday afternoon it was like 28, 29 degrees there and it feels considerably hotter than it does back up north proper north proper north yeah you can alienate some listeners saying that <laughs> yeah uh, I mean anywhere, anywhere south of the Durham anywhere south of the Durham yeah. alright that's fine yeah I mean yeah just all the grass around here is just dead like everything's just brown yeah <laughs> and everyone's just like sort of glistening a bit oh no it's uh, incredibly unpleasant but um <laughs> It gives me an excuse to drink loads of iced coffee. So yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I'm pretty pleased with it. Yeah, well, I mean, we've got. So we were planning to do a um, a set review of M19. Yeah, we were. So initially, I was doing like a review of all the cards for limited, and we were going to go really deep on the set, especially with pre-release coming up this weekend. There would yep. be quite a, a few interesting things to talk about there, but I was going to do all of that and type all that up uh, on the train, sort of to and and from uh, Liverpool where I've been this weekend mm-hmm. and then all of the trains to Newcastle were cancelled on the way back so uh, I've had like so many hours on trains like I left, left <laughs> Liverpool at like half eight this morning and didn't get back into Newcastle till like four o'clock or something silly and sure it's been a long day uh, and many many different planes similar my laptop died didn't have anywhere to plug it in and uh, so I've got like just over half a set review done. I'm going to get it finished over the next couple of couple of days, and we'll get that out to you next week, I think, at some point. Yeah, like I've got um, I've got most of the constructor cards done. Awesome. So, well, uh, I mean, that's going to be ahead of an episode. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I've got some opinions. Oh yeah, yeah. We're going to have to officially rename the cast like seven hours of devastation. Yeah. <laughs> Good. But yeah, we've got some uh, some some other things to talk about, which I suppose will be. 100% our main topic. Yeah, absolutely. So it, I guess the the flip side of that is that today we've had the, the banned and restricted announcement. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting one, to say the least. Oh, it was. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be our, our main topic this week. We're going to cover that and both our, our thoughts on cards that, spoiler alert, have been banned and cards that mm-hmm. have not been banned. Or unbanned. Yeah, or unbanned. Yeah, that's a, that's a big issue. But before yeah. that, should we crack a pack? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, so... Our last Dominaria pack. It is, yeah. For the last time on Hour of Devastation, for the foreseeable future, we'll be cracking a pack of Dominaria. Well, I'm going to miss this set. Yeah, same. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So, I'm going to crack this pack. Awesome. Let's go. Right. Oh, okay. First one out. Yep. Rescue. Nope. So I haven't seen this card do anything. Yeah, I haven't played the card. I haven't seen anybody play the card either. Like it's it's just not playable. Yeah, it's a sh- like I think I've seen I've seen some more bands of saga with it. Yeah, which is yeah, pretty cool tech. But other than that, it's pretty bad. Oh, another miss. Healing grace. Yeah, speaking of unplayable cards, mm-hmm. it's just a yeah. bad card. Yeah, it's just a bad card. I'm not going to talk about it. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to waste anyone's time. Okay. Uh, next card is Gitu Journey Mage. Okay, yeah, I quite like that card. It's, it's performance of it a little bit better than I had initially anticipated with it. It's yeah, definitely going to be my pick so far from the pack. I mean, yeah, yeah. based on those two complete misses, then yeah. uh, seems reasonable. Uh, then we have Pierce the Sky. It's a decent sideboard card. Um, I I don't hate it as a main deck 
Yeah. I've been, because I find that, I, like, if I'm drafting a green deck, I tell you, know, you, you pick Pierce the Skies up because no one's actively taking them. Yeah, totally. Um, and I found that just main decking one is normally okay if you're light on removal. Yeah, okay, I, I can see that. Like we said last week, uh, Mammoth Spider's the best green removal spell in the format. Yeah, true. If you don't have one of those, Pierce Skies are close second. I think it just it kills all the things that green's off to. Yeah, that's uh, fair enough. Flies, and it, like there isn't a flying creature it can't kill unless it's you know a cold water snapper with wings on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I've seen like white decks like main deck like invoke the divine, so I don't see why you couldn't play that main deck yeah, really. Yeah, So I'm still not taking it over the journey mode currently. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, neither am I taking Cabal Paladin. No, um, again, I feel like that is one that has performed slightly better than I thought it would have. Again, mm-hmm. and like if you can draft enough historic spells, or like if you find yourself in a position where you could have like two Cabal Paladins out on the board and then play cheaper historic spells, it's like really not that bad. And it's, it does trade. It does sort of trade with most things in the format as well. Like that four power is it's respectable. I think the two toughness really lets it down. I agree absolutely. Yeah. So I'm still taking the journey mage. Yeah, I think I think I'm the same there. Okay, arcane flight. Uh, it's I, fine. Yeah, it's fine. Like it's it's definitely playable in like I'd say pretty much any blue deck. Mm-hmm. But I would not first pick it ever. Like that's not the it's not the road I want to set myself down and pack no. one. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's nice to pick up later, but not now. Yeah. Uh, gift of growth. No. <laughs> just, just no. Like, it's no. it's your standard green combat trick. Like, that's mm-hmm. fine, but yep. you're gonna play it as you know card number twenty two or twenty three. Like, yeah, it's never I, really I, exciting to pick these cards. I've found this uh, found this format to not be particularly good for pump spells generally, not combat tricks. Yeah, I think I agree. Like, I can't think of a deck where I've actually like had a combat trick really outside like you know Adam and Will. Yeah, it's, totally. I think yeah, I'm not sure that, but it, it may be it may be that this this format just seems to favour enchantments more than pump spells. Yeah, that's because I, I feel like a lot of the enchantments are, are just very playable or more playable than they have been in previous formats, and I think yeah. that kind of pushes your sort of typical pump spells just to sort of one side, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this card hasn't been impressive. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Guardians of Koilos. Hmm, uh, it's it's one of those cards that I have gone back and forth for my opinion of it. Like it's mm-hmm. as the format's gone on, I still don't think I'd be too happy to play with it. Yeah, I mean, I've mm, I've tried to put it put it into like when I've gone deep on a historic deck, I've tried to put it in, but it just doesn't seem great. Yeah, I I think that like I've seen I've seen like it's one of those cards where like my opponent will always have one and bounce their saga just as about as it's about to go off and they'll do silly things like that, but. Whenever mm. I've played one, it's just always been a five mana four four. Yeah, which isn't great. Yeah, <laughs> it's still the journey mage. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Uh, okay, we've got an interesting one: fungal infection. I like fungal infection a lot. Speaking of combat tricks, yeah, this is one of the only ones I actually use. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah, it's I don't know. I I find that I've been playing this card a lot more than I thought I would. Like, mm-hmm, definitely. I think it it probably still has to be the journey mage at this point. Yeah, probably. But uh, I think there's, there's always an argument for removal, and it's in some cases it's removal. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I think mm, I think I'm still taking the journey mage at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm, me too. Okay, that conversation just completely pointless. First <laughs> uncommon. What have we got? Song of Frailies. <laughs> okay, yeah, slam that. That's, yeah, that's great. It is. Yeah, like 
you know, as, as we have, we've sung its praises plays many times on this podcast, but it's just just not a scenario where this card is bad, really. Was that a pun? Uh, it wasn't intended, but I'll take that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm taking Summer Fridays. This is great. Yeah, me too. Some some strange things have to happen with this pack. Sorry about anything, but oh, it's definitely not Memorial to War. Ah, oh, no, it's certainly <laughs> a card. Packpad sucks. Yeah. I found it's... all the like um, every other of the uh, like spell lands um, yeah. or the memorial lands have been very playable. Yeah, at the, uh, the worst mm-hmm. they're playable, whereas the Memorial to War just. It's just not a playable card. Just let's let's take strip mine and make it a hundred times worse. Yeah, strip mine, <clears> but it enters a battlefield tapped, and then you have to pay four and a red and sacrifice it to get that effect. Like yep. I, I don't know. I feel like I, I would probably just rather play Navigator's Compass. I'd rather play a mountain. <laughs> I would absolutely rather play a mountain. Yeah. I mean, it's got sweet art though. The it does. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not taking that on. I'm throw it across the table. Um. Last uncommon. Yeah. Shan't see his legacy. Uh, it's Dece, but I think that Song of Frailies is just going to be oh, better. Yeah. They're playing the same decks, though. Like, I like... Yeah. I've watched before, like, if you get a couple of Shana's, like, it's a pretty big... big yeah, totally. Threat. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not better than Song. Yeah, it leaves us slightly more open as well, just taking that, that one-colour card over the, the two-colour yeah, card yeah. there as well. Ooh, okay. The rare. Yeah. The, uh, the Mirage Conjecture. Ooh. I like this card a lot. You do. I, I think you like this card a lot more than I do. Um <laughs> I I think I just I just need to see it in action. Yeah. I don't think it's mm, I'm not sure if it's first pickable. Yeah. But I think well I mean I, I said this a few weeks ago, like people just need to respect it a lot more. Yeah. Than they currently do. I mean, not that there's any time left to respect it, but <laughs> <laughs> that card's really good. So yeah. I think the saga for Ailes, though. Yeah, just... I, I think I agree. I think like if we don't take the Song of Frailies, that's not going to come back. Like, there's, guaranteed no. that card is not going to come back to you. Whereas Marari Conjecture, I could see like that could easily wheel. Like, I feel like it, it never really found its footing in the format properly. Because mm-hmm. I do, okay. I, I do definitely agree that in the right deck or in the right situation, it's going to be a, a really powerful card. Yeah. But I, I think people either never quite got that or they just, I don't know, maybe like, mis-evaluated the, the card. Or Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. But I, I know it is a card that I definitely am not as high on as, as some people. Mm-hmm. Some people being me. Yeah. Well, you and I, I have seen other people like uh, like Owen Turtenwald and his, his draft deck at Nationals. Uh, <coughs> he had a Maori conjecture and it's like, well, I guess if it's good enough for Owen, then I should... I should probably respect the card. Probably listen to Turtmold. Yeah, he's probably a better Magic player than both of us. <laughs> I, I can I can guarantee he's a better Magic player than both of us. <laughs> oh man! So that's that's our last our last album to Dominaria. It is foreseeable future. We'll uh, end on a song, song of Frailies. Oh, good one. This better not have as many puns as last week. Oh no, no, it won't. There are no. Uh, yeah, no, no, no fish-based puns this week. Oh sweet! I got a Carrot's Bladewing token. Oh, cool. It's the first time I've seen one of these. They're nice. They are very nice. It's got the little gold at the top of the legendary border. That's yeah. really sweet. And I need one for an EDH deck. Woohoo! Hey, there you go. Did it. Right. That's that the way. Yeah. Do you want to card of the week? Let's do it. So, what is your card of the week this week? Mine is uh, Skyrider Patrol. Cool. This is an uncommon from M19. Yeah. It is two, a green and a blue. Yeah. Or a 2 3 elf scout. Yeah. Has flying, and at the beginning of combat on your turn, you may pay green, uh, a green and a blue. When you do, put a 1-1 counter on tar- another target creature you control. That creature gains flying until end of turn. Yeah, I like that card. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you talk about, like, 
bomb uncommons in limited formats. Yeah. So you know, I mean, the general, the general philosophy for draft is like try not to put yourself into um, like two colors too early. Yeah. But I think this card is just good enough. It's yeah, I, I think I would have to agree with you there, definitely. Like it's uh, just Hadam's climb on a stick, right? Yeah, it's a very powerful effect. It's bananas. To just, um, I mean, I think this is this is the best of the best of the multicolor cards. I think uh, not the multicolor cards, the, the double color uncommons, because <laughs> I think that Nicobolis is probably better. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think I just think this card's very very good, and it just seems a lot better than the rest of the cards in this cycle. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, it's certainly better than Enigma Drake. Yeah, that card's underwhelming. Uh, I think like Poison Tipped Archer is decent because like it has mm-hmm. decent stats and abilities. Like Reach and Death Touch are always going to be very playable abilities on one card. Very true. Uh, I do think that Regal Bloodlord might be better than it looks as well. Regal Bloodlord, beginning of your, of your end step. If you gain life this turn, create a one-one black creature token with fly. That seems okay. Yeah, it's it's definitely playable. I think it's a lot better than it looks. Like I'll prepare to go into uh, sort of limited strategies and stuff. Obviously, next week once we've once I finally finish my write up of the of the card evaluations. But like incidental life gain just kind of seems like it's going to be a thing in the format. Yeah, there's a lot of like random gain life things. Yeah, this with uh, with how does this work with uh, a Johnny's? What is it? A Johnny's something? Uh, a Johnny's welcome. Yeah, whenever a creature enters a battlefield under your control, you gain one life. So, and so you just hijack my card of the week, dude. <laughs> at the end, at the beginning of each end step. Okay, so it's not a combo. It's no, yeah, well, it doesn't combo with that. There, there's a few cards that when I was going through the set, I was like, oh, and that combos with that, and then it it just kind of doesn't. But mm-hmm. I guess they will talk more about on, on that next week. But yeah. getting back to your actual pick, I I think Scarlet Rider Patrol is is very playable. Um. Yeah, definitely. It probably is the best one because that effect is is just really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you just get every turn. You just get to make your creatures bigger, and yeah. one of them gets flying. And it seems very, very good. And I'm, I'd happily like first pick this and just go into um, blue green. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a very a very strong card. Um, and I I normally don't really like the the multicolor uncommons in yeah. these sorts of sets, so I didn't really like them in Origins because they were really trying to force like certain archetypes. Yeah. But these ones seem a little bit more balanced. Yeah, I think so. Generically good cards. I mean, the Sator Enchanter, we won't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but they just seem like generically good cards that are just very, very strong. Yeah, I, I agree. I think from what I've, what I've gathered from the set so far, they've they've certainly taken a lot of inspiration from Origins as far as like trying to learn from its mistakes and then uh-huh. take the things that I did do well and continue with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I guess we'll go in deep next week, but I'm I'm kind of looking forward to drafting this. Absolutely, sweet. So that's that's my card of the week. Cool. What is what is your card of the week? So my card of the week is also from uh, Core 2019, mm-hmm. and that card is Isolate. Oh, yeah. So it is an instant. It's one white, and it simply says. Exile target permanent with converted mana cost one. That seems seems okay. I just don't understand why this is a card. Like mm. it, it just doesn't seem good, like or playable in anything. Uh, I agree. Yeah, like so when I was going through through each cards one by one to to evaluate them, really it was yeah it was limited that I had in mind, but obviously I was thinking about constructed as well while I was yep. doing it and it's like well this card is a rare in the set it doesn't hit anything in limited like like pretty much doesn't hit anything at all in limited hey it hits a Johnny's welcome it does yeah 
like there's there's yeah there's sure there's one or two cards that like technically it does hit but oh it's, yeah, yeah, yeah it's not it's not gonna do anything uh and then like it constructed it's like okay in start like what is this gonna hit in standard like like uh-huh. bowmat courier yep like lanoir elves which are unplayable thanks to chain roller anyway yeah uh, yeah like soul scar mage yeah and i i think it's i mean i do want to sort of go on a little rant and i mean i suppose i should probably save this for next week but it's just a small rant yeah but cards like this are rare where they're clearly very specific yeah um and i mean we can we can talk like for a while about what this what this is meant meant to target yeah across all the formats um and maybe that'll come up a little bit later yeah <laughs> um, i think it will yeah but, uh Putting these cards around, it's the same way. What's the uh, Infernal Reckoning? Yes. Which is the single black instant exiled target colors creature gain life equal to its power. Yeah. Uh, those are clearly cards that are meant to make for eternal formats. Yeah, definitely. And to put them at rare in a core set just kind of feels bad. So if yeah. you're a new player opening a pack and you're really excited, you're like, oh, what am I going to get in this? What can I build a deck with? What am I. What, what's my core? You, you know, you open like a, a gin of wishes and you're like, oh, sweet, I can build a, build a deck around this. This is really fun. Uh, but you open and isolate, or a, you know, well, this card doesn't. This card literally doesn't do anything. Yeah. So, like, I, I honestly can't understand why these cards exist. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I think Infernal Reckoning might even be like better than Isolate as well. Like, I think, I think Isolate's just, just even worse than that card. Because, like, at least for Infernal Reckoning, like, you can stick it in a sideboard of any deck playing black to give you like an extra. Uh, take like. I don't know, again, like, it's a really corner case where if you take, like, Vintage, as an example, you can stick it in as, like, another path to, like, swords, like, if you need to, like, if you, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you'd be up against, like, workshop decks. Um, you can play it in, like, modern to easily deal with, like, a worm coil engine if you're in, if you're playing, like, Grixis Death Shadow or something. Yeah, sure. Uh, <clears throat> or, like, an Ulamog or something. So, like, you know, I, I can, like, instantly think, think of, like, a good handful of, like, corner cases where it's still a sketchy card to play but like at least it's applicable that's true and you don't feel the same with isolate not at all no i feel like the i feel like there are two scenarios of isolate where it would be at its best uh one of them would be to exile a voltaic key in vintage so obviously (laughs) you don't have voltaic key like time vault combo Uh, and then the other one would be to exile deathright shaman and legacy (laughs) oh that's a that's a sweet meme it is yeah so it kind of uh, moves us on to our our main topic there because that is no longer a thing yeah you can't do that anymore no (laughs) oh right before i go on a rant or you know just a ramble do you want to try to like calmly go through what's actually happened <laughs> cool so yeah as of today that's uh, july 2nd uh, we've had the latest banned and restricted update from wizards of the coast so the banned and restricted update uh, was as follows in legacy deathright shaman and gataxian probe are banned and yep. no other formats have been affected it's a lot to unpack there isn't it surprising amount yeah for such little text there's a, there's a lot there's a lot to go through yeah, I think so. Where where do you want to start? Uh, I guess if we should start right from the top. I think like segueing off from that, like Deathrite Shaman is banned in Legacy. How do you feel about that? Um, very happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, not very happy. I mean, when I read it earlier, because I was on a, I was on a break from work when I read it, and I was just happy back at work at uh, just before four o'clock. Yeah, and obviously the, the banner of the announcement meant to come out at four p.m. Yeah, uh, GMT. And I was just aggressively f- refreshing my uh, phone prior to go back to work, and I sort of like jumped up when I read it. <laughs> um, people have been calling for this for at least the last year, if not longer. Absolutely, yeah. The card is a problem. It homogenised the format. 
um, it just won games by itself. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, okay, so my problems with Death Row Shaman. Yeah. Right. Why can you cast it with Black Manor? Uh, because it's a Golgari elf. Sure. Why is it a one two? <sighs> no idea. Why is it an elf? <laughs> <laughs> Randomly an elf. Yeah. Randomly fits into elves in Legacy. Yeah. And becomes another win condition. Like when I when I played elves, and I played it quite a lot. So normally, you know, you're natural ordering for a creative beam, and you're just going to murder your opponent on turn four. Yeah. But also, you can just activate this death Shaman Charmer because it fits perfectly into your deck. But, but, why? Yeah. Why is it? I mean, it could have been it could have been on a one, and it still would have been good. Yeah. Could have been cast for a green mana and had a black active activability and still been fine. Yeah. It could have been a human shaman. Yeah, and totally. it still would be really good and probably too good for modern. Yeah, I think like it's kind of you know well stated how how powerful that card is. Like it, mm-hmm. it's you know it, it gets called a, a one mana planeswalker for for very good reasons. Like yes, it, it, it is essentially like you're gonna play it on turn one and each of like for the cost a one mana one two each of the abilities on that card are absolutely fantastic. Given mm-hmm. the stats of the rest of the card, yep, <laughs> like it just does, it does everything you ever could want to do in those colors. Really, it says each opponent. Yes. So you can't even hexproof your way out of it. Yeah. It just, it's just an, oh, it's just a very, very powerful card that does a lot of cool stuff, and just an inevitable win condition. That's, oh, it. Mm. <laughs> I think. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that. It has been quite a hot topic in in Legacy for for quite a while now. Um, yeah. I think for a long time, like personally, I was very much on the side of of the people saying that, like, not necessarily that it's it's not a problem, but that like at this point, it kind of it kind of just is like a like a pillar of the format, and it almost has right. to be to keep some decks in check. And mm-hmm. um, you know, like very much the same way that like Force of Will and like Wasteland are you know, pillars of the format. Yep, I agree. So, like, there were some, some, some you know, really like decent arguments for it, like for its existence and j- just for it to keep the, the other decks in check. But I think, like, over the past couple of months, and especially since like the printing of like Leovold, like, yeah, like the Defrat Shaman decks, like the four color control decks, or, like the four color Delver decks, or whatever, like, just made up such a large like majority of the meta, and are just like. They were just too much for the format, and, mm-hmm. and I mean they all look the same as well. Those decks, absolutely, yeah. So like, Grixis Delva, Four Color Delva, Four Color Control, Check Pile, like they all just looked vaguely the same. Yeah, they all had the same very similar suite of spells, and Four Death Row was just powering through the whole thing. Yeah, um, and I mean Check Pile was just let's just play the best cards in the format, and Death Row Shaman allows that to be possible. Yeah, totally. And that's a huge. I'm not saying it's a huge problem, but when when the cost of building a four-colour deck that gets played the best cards in the format uh, is so low. It's just obviously a very big problem. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we look at uh, Grand Prix G- uh, GP Birmingham, uh, mm-hmm. 11 of the top 16 decks had four copies of Death Right Shaman in them. Yeah. And that was five of the top eight as well. Yeah, because that card's just ubiquitous, ubiquitous with the format. If you're playing a creature deck, you were playing Death Right Shaman. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which, as an aside, uh, I would like to say that I'm very, very smart for when I got back into Legacy. I was like, I'm not going to buy a Bayou for that price. Because Death Rock clearly going to get banned. <laughs> I wish I'd bought a Bayou for that price. Oh, yeah. I mean... Oh, it's okay. about half the price they are now. Like. Yeah, I mean, that is true. But at the time, it was a lot of money. Yeah. And now I'm about to probably spend the same amount of money on, uh, on a Savannah. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... It, it, uh, every deck was just playing a Bayou, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you just jam a Bayou in or a trap or something and just it, the whole... The culture works. Yeah, absolutely. 
it was it, it's a ridiculous card, and I'm very very excited to see how the legacy format develops with Death Rush Shaman Gone. Because I mean, it was already sweet. I really thought the format was really cool, even with this like you know the boogeyman of Death Rush Shaman just yeah have a hold on it. But I'm very excited to see because this this opens up so much room for innovation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my my only worry with it is like how like what happens with Sapphire Dredge and like Reanimator, like how how badly or like how how popular will those decks become now now that they are the far less taxed because Deathrite Shaman abilities just aren't in the format now. Mm-hmm. I think one of the one of the saving graces of, of Deathrite Shaman in the format was that it was just main deck of graveyard hate. Yeah. So those cards, those decks couldn't just run rampant. Yeah. And it made Snapcaster decks worse. It obviously made Reanimator and Dredge worse. So I think because Reanimator's been on the cusp of you know a tier one deck for a while. Yeah, absolutely. The yeah. Black red version. So maybe maybe this is the push it needs to to become one of the best decks because it just. I mean, the only thing stopping it now is Surgical Extraction and Scavenging Use, which are usually sideboard cards, if not you know one-offs in the main deck. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll have to see what happens to the format, but I'm just very, very excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think Reanimate is probably a, a quite strong contender for myself, I think. Like, I'd built the, the mono-black Reanimator deck, but I haven't actually played it yet. But I think okay. it's something that I might look into. Definitely. It seems like a, it seems like a very reasonable option, considering. Yeah, Considering the other the other ban that we've had, sadly, Kataxian oh, yeah. Probe has taken a hit. Uh, Kataxian Probe is it's now pretty much just banned in every format. Yep, apart from Pauper. Yeah, apart from Pauper, I think yeah. was it like we chatted a little earlier about it, and I, I think you're right. Like Wizards of the Coast have finally just acknowledged that this this card was a mistake. Like drawing a card for for free essentially is mm-hmm. it's just a mistake. Yeah, this this card was just a mistake and I think this is well Wizards finally just acknowledging that they've made a mistake. Yeah. It's uh banned in modern, restricted in vintage, banned in legacy, and I'm sure as soon as Watsy start actually caring about pauper, it'll be banned in pauper. Yeah, it's less yeah. it's less tested there. Uh, but it's this. Uh, the, the card's just the card's just too good. Yeah. And I think I think that's as much as you can really say about it. It's you know free storm count. You're running a 56 card deck. You checks the coast is clear for infect and combo decks and. Yeah, like you you had really good interactions with um, with cards like like cabal therapy, like casting Gataxian probe so that gives me a storm count. I draw a card and also um, no, I'm casting cabal therapy next and i get to see your, your hand so i have perfect information i know yeah. out of the cards in your hand which is going to be the most problematic for me so i'm just going to name that with my therapy now mm-hmm. so yeah. i'm it's, yeah it's very it's just ways of way of checking the coast is clear yeah and like i i feel like it was it was really not that bad in legacy to be honest like i completely understand the reason why we understand the reason behind it being banned in, in modern, and I think it was quite quite clearly too powerful for the modern format. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I almost feel like it 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 could have been considered as like quite similar to Death Rat Shaman, like another just another pillar of the legacy format as well. Because you did you had yeah, um, yeah you had like Storm Next played it, and then you had like Grixis Death Shadow was play- uh, sorry uh, Grixis Delva was playing it as well, mm-hmm. and then like, the Death Shadow ran yeah nonsense. The but it wasn't. It wasn't ubiquitous in the format. It, no, it wasn't, yeah. I, I agree with that, definitely. So, um, and I think... I suppose, because they've just... When when you read the, the announcement on the, the actual Mothership, like, they've just regurgitated the the modern reason for it to be banned. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, it says specifically, while the tax improves impact on the legacy environment hasn't necessarily reached a boiling point, is a strong contributor to the success of many of the most popular decks. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, I, yeah, I, I don't agree with that, that last 
bit specifically, like mm-hmm. the card being a strong contributor to the success of many of the most popular decks. Especially given that four paragraphs ago they've just told us that like four color control and like Death Right Shaman decks were like the most popular decks. Mm-hmm. It's it's I'm not even sure that's true. Yeah. I I mean so okay, decks that play Kitaxman Probe. Storm. Yeah. Delver sometimes. Yeah. But that's just been supplanted by four color. Yeah. Uh okay, the, the, the combo decks, I, I guess generally. Yeah, yeah, like um stuff like yeah like infect um stuff like like other like pseudo like storm variants stuff like high tide and stuff like mm-hmm. any any combo deck that's playing blue because it's it, it's, a, it's a free card draw essentially yeah exactly but i mean i'm not sure it's obsessed with mo- most popular decks like, yeah and i don't think i don't think it it was really that problematic in legacy like i like I said, with modern, like I absolutely understand that it's too far powerful for modern. Mm-hmm. And in vintage, like it's not necessarily the case that the card itself is too powerful for the format, but it's mm-hmm. those three cards that it's drawing that are considerably too powerful for, for the format. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's it's just the information because we've seen yeah we've seen street rate be fine. Yeah, totally. And it, I mean, it's different because it's you know it's instant speed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's there's random stuff like it fuels delirium because it's a creature and stuff like that but yeah. just the information that it has where you just get to pull the trigger on your combo because you know that your opponent doesn't have a counter spell or interaction yeah absolutely and I, I can definitely understand that part of their argument um, saying that they Wizards of the Coast have said that they like that legacy has a heavier focus on, on spell casting and cards in hand compared to just permanents on the battlefield mm-hmm. yeah and it does you know, it, it does provide a different type of play experience. Yeah. When you know, you know, you can just know what's in your opponent's hand, and you know that you don't have to play around stuff. You don't have to, you know, work out whether your opponent's bluffing or not. So yeah. it, it does. It certainly changes the way the game is played. Yeah. Which mm. I I would understand. I definitely understand reason. Like if you're using that as a reason for why the card shouldn't be allowed in the format. Mm-hmm. But I I still I still kind of feel like it wasn't that much of a problem. Sure, I, I think I was surprised because I think me too. I've been expecting the Death Rush Shaman ban for a while. Yeah, it's uh, been a hot not. topic for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think just a randomly lump probe in there with it. Yeah, I guess it's just maybe maybe it's a consideration of when all the energy cards ban- were banned from standard and they banned the Rampaging Frost at the same time. Yeah, where, with Death Rush Shaman gone, it might be. Storm might get too good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it is. I think it, it's. It feels like it, like it's more of a preemptive sort of let's get damage control done before the damage is done kind of thing. Yeah, because I mean, most of the bands they've had to do recently uh, in standard, and I mean, with uh, just just cards in general, they've, they've banned from any format. They've had to do it once it's become a problem. Once people have moaned about it forever, yeah. And once there's a huge sort of backing behind banning it, and people are complaining, yeah. I guess cutting it now means that they don't have to deal with that. Yeah, totally. But it could very well end up being a mistake to ban it. Yeah, I, I, if, again, like I, I can understand if they're using that as as an argument to you know to ban the card. But yeah, it's just just a shame that preemptive bans happen. Yeah, um, I mean, Legacy's sort of the Wild West again now. So yeah, we'll totally. And um, hopefully, we can see the uh, the reign of Noble Hierarch in her rightful place. Yeah, maybe we'll see. We'll see. 
I mean, I'm probably still just gonna like um, play like an extra duress, like an extra preordain, like a knight's whisper and a surgical main board so instead of a, instead of, of the pro- four probes, probably. Yeah, it seems fine. I'm just gonna continue to play death, uh, noble hierarchs because I wasn't playing death Watch shamans because I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna, it's gonna be correct this time. Yeah, true. That is true. So. Yeah, I mean that's that's sort of the legacy the legacy bands covered, and I think yeah, as far as far as cards that were that were banned, yeah, that's what's covered. Yeah, so we got the dingy topic of things things that weren't banned. Um, I think we should leave the big one for last. So I guess if we we want to briefly cover modern and the fact that nothing was banned or unbanned in modern. Yeah, totally. It's it's got a modern next then. So. There has obviously like people like modern. Modern is arguably the most popular competitive format. Yeah. And it has a lot of players and a lot of very vocal players. Yes. So whenever a deck, as we've said before, whenever a deck, any deck does particularly well in a tournament, mm-hmm. there are always lots and lots of calls for bans. Yep. So the one that was say sort of happened most recently um, is one that's been on the radar for I would say a very long time now and yeah. that would be Ancient Stirrings yeah it's arguably the best country of the modern absolutely yeah I, I, I don't even think it's arguably at this point I think it just is it's the best country in the format I think Faith is Looting's up there it's up there but it's not as not as good no I, mean, I think I think my, my main thing for Stirrings not quite being the best country in the format is that you have to walk your deck so far around it yeah that's true just put so many colorless cards in yeah I mean I think it's, I genuinely think it's fine because we, I mean, we said this a couple of weeks ago I think the card's fine and it yeah. doesn't it doesn't make the busted decks it, it's it's a tool for, smooth, for smoothing out the draws of the busted decks yeah I it agree facilitate busted decks yeah I, I agree definitely Lantern and Amulet Titan and KCI and Tron decks would still be fine without it yeah which maybe is a reason it should get banned but it's just a fine card to have in the format I think yeah, same. Like, I'd, I'd be playing like a monocolorless deck for it to be good. Yeah, like I, I don't think it's a problem. I think it's a very good card, but I don't think it's a problem. And it's it's quite nice and quite reassuring to see that Wizards of the Coast don't think it's a problem as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, time will tell. Maybe it will be a problem in the future. But yeah. I think a lot of people were calling for its for its for its ban, and I don't, I don't really agree. Yeah, me too. Maybe I'm just being, maybe maybe I'm just not paying enough attention, and I'm being naive about it. But I don't think ancient Stones is in any way a problem. <clears throat> I think no. you want to keep because I mean the, the reason the, the the deck that sort of brought the conversation to the fore is the is the Crack Iron Armor deck. It is, yeah. And I mean that deck's easy to kill if you want. Yeah, totally. Like just you, bring your Stony Silence, like. Yeah, just play Stony Silence in Kataki, and you can beat that deck. And that that deck is very very much a glass cannon. Yeah, totally. And if it wants, if you want to beat it, you can absolutely beat it. Yeah, and like those those cards as well. Like they easily beat the other card. Like the other decks are running that card as well. Like yep. you look at like like look at Tron. Like a Stony Silence was quite annoying to Tron in some cases. Mm-hmm. Like when you're they're trying to like crack their expedition maps and stuff and stuff like like Oblivion Ring. Yeah. Um, like Stony Silence just shuts down Lantern. Like the deck is unplayable if there's Stony Silence yep. on the field. Correct. Uh, and yeah, like I, I just, I just don't think the card is is a problem. No, I, I, com- I completely agree. I think it's powerful. I think it's definitely a contender for the for the best country of modern. Yeah, but I just think it's fine because the decks that it's being played in, they they're going to do silly stuff regardless of whether they have this country or not. They'll find other ways. Yeah, absolutely. They'll find other ways to function. It's, it's this is the thing. It's not it's not back breaking for the deck. Yeah, and it 
I mean, this argument I'm having, it makes it sound like I don't mind if it gets banned or not. Yeah. Because these decks will function without it, but that's also an argument for for not banning it because this isn't the problem card in the deck. Yeah, I agree 100% there. I think, like, if, we, if we're taking KCI... As as the example of the card of like a reason for the card to be banned, I think there mm-hmm. are other reasons for that deck to be banned. It's like, just like ban the deck in the same way that it's like like eggs was like banned and like stuff like Fort Horseman and Legacy, like because there mm-hmm. are so many loops because it can it can lead to slow play, it can lead to you know a lot of time and it's not the easiest deck to pilot like at all. Mm-hmm. I think like. They would, they would all like easily be reasons, like for some similar reasons to why like top was banned in like legacy, uh-huh. like just ban the deck or put restrictions on the deck as opposed to like targeting like single card. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you look at like look at the other decks, it's like I was trying to think of this earlier because I did did see a see that screenshot which uh, was it was going around making the rounds that I'd said it was like a leaked leaked page saying that ancient stones have been banned in modern. Oh yeah, and oh, I was yeah. like, "Oh yeah. well, if that's <laughs> the case, then sure, like I just play Tron, and you just play over the Nissa instead. Like it gets mm-hmm. like pretty much everything you'd be getting with your Ancient Stirrings anyway. But yep. now you only get to see three cards instead. Yep. Um, and then I was like, well, like Lantern Control, like yeah, it, it hurts that deck considerably, but it just means that rather than you going like turn one, like." Angel stirrings, you're gonna be like probably just gonna cut the green out, and you're gonna be like a like a blue black focused deck. So you'll have like hand disruption in turn one, and then we just get to see the Glintness Crane get played again because that does a similar thing. No, can't sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. Maybe maybe I'm just being too naive, and we'll see it get banned soon. But yeah, that card wasn't banned. It wasn't. No, no. Thankfully. Yeah, um, and some cards also weren't unbanned. Yeah. So there's been another sort of, speaking of things making the rounds in the magic circles, there was another sort of, I guess we can call it a meme at this point, which goes out on Wednesday. Sure. It'll be a meme by that time, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I think it's already a meme now. Like, yeah. Uh, Stonefoot Mystic was not unbanned in modern. It was not, no. Um, people, I honestly don't know why. I sort of fell for it a bit because I always get panicky. I'm like, oh, what if it gets unbanned and I can't afford these cards? I already own Stonefoot Mystics because I played them in Legacy. Yeah. But I picked up some swords. I finished my set of swords just in case they went to crazy money because whatever. Yeah. But the card, the price of that card spiked to I think at a certain point seventy five dollars on TCG. Yes, that was yeah. yeah, it's high point. Uh, <laughs> 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 mm, that's uh, that's quite the quite the speculation for me. But there's a buyout somewhere, right? It was yeah. So it seemed to be that it was the pretty much whenever there's a banned and restricted announcement in the past, there have been speculations um a lot of people have done very well like in the past like as far as mm-hmm. like buying cards that are on the banned list that are most likely that are strong candidates for being unbanned uh, mm-hmm. so, like stuff like Bloodbraid elf like people were buying like Bloodbraid elves a lot like like i i personally ended up doing quite well with blood elf, elf just because mm-hmm. i'd ended up picking up quite a few of them just yep. on the off chance because they were reprinted internal masters and they were worth like I don't know, like less than a dollar or something at the time, and I was picking them as it was draft chaff because nobody wanted them. <clears throat> yep. So I think there have been individuals that have managed to make some good money from speculating that way in oh. the past, but because of the because of the what we saw from the last big one with Blood Red Elf and particularly Jace the Mind Sculptor, how yep. like which just doubled in price. Mm-hmm. I think people are now sort of. 
clocked on the idea that like ban and restrict a list is something that you can speculate over, and in some cases you can make a lot of money. It's very easy to manipulate the market just before a ban or restrict an announcement. Absolutely, and it's essentially it's like it's like it's almost like magic futures. Essentially, like you're buying cards at a certain price to sell them because you think they're going to be worth this because something is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point it it seems to be that a lot more people are switched on to the idea so it, as soon as people started to notice the price was creeping up slightly mm-hmm. I think that's when the FOMO kicked in with a lot of people and, and people did start to buy them up and yeah, and we've we've seen the effects of the reserve list and prices on the reserve list and yeah. given market trends there like FOMO is, is real in magic like it's definitely a thing and definitely. people yeah, yeah people are people magic players will, will happily panic buy things oh yeah, yeah. and I'm not I'm, I'm still very much one of those people yeah absolutely same here um but i I think it's one of those scenarios where it's been the the same handful of individuals in the past have managed to profit from buyouts just acting of their own accord Mm -hmm. but the marketplace has noticed it a lot quicker this time just just the fact that just this bizarre like bull market we're in as far as mtg finance goes at the moment Mm -hmm. and so i think a lot of people were were faster to react and then because it was it was pretty much overnight like while Europe was asleep all of the cards got all of the Stoneforge Mystics got bought out on TCG Player and it bought out all the, the US stores and then it, it took it took a decent amount of time for the European market to catch up to be honest but oh. say it came to like Friday afternoon and suddenly it was like well I can't get a copy of Stoneforge Mystic for like less than £30 like mm-hmm. yeah you just sent me uh I can't remember what, what day it was, but you just—I woke up to a to a message from you that just showed it was just a screenshot of Stoneforge Mystic going from thirty to seventy-five dollars with just the word lols. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was the uh, I woke up on the on the Friday morning and they'd been bought out overnight, and it was at yeah. that point like they were still around like fifteen euros each in Europe, like at that specific point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, look at look at America going going silly over it. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, like six hours later, it, mm-hmm. it just it spread spread like wildfire. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, people bought into it, and literally bought into it. Like, I've seen some people have bought some Stoneforge Mystics for some for some money. Yes, I I have seen I've seen multiple play sets of Stoneforge Mystics being sold for a hundred pounds. Yeah, that is that is not the correct price for a play set of Stoneforge Mystics. That is not at all, and probably never will be. Yeah, it went from so 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 on the. I'm just looking at the Magic Card Market. It's got a little little stock meter. It yes. hasn't gone down yet, <laughs> but it went from on the twenty eighth. It went from fifteen dollars, which is like about the price it's been. It's been between twelve and fifteen for like the last six months. Yeah, and then overnight it shot up to twenty eight dollars. <laughs> yep. Twenty eight euros, sorry. Which is, uh, I mean, it's still that's, lower than yeah. That, that's like the that's. yeah. That's like the average price. Is that based on all languages as well? Mm-hmm. Because if you filter that to English, it suddenly goes a lot higher. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, they've all started to. I'm just looking through the Magic Card Market page yeah. now, and it's all started to go down slightly yeah that's I it think, and I I don't think it's going to go as low as it was because no I think this is still going to like create a general increase for the price of the card yeah totally like it, it I, I don't quite want to say it's going to set a new floor on the card because I don't think that's like, like as far as like non-reserve list cards go like I don't think they have a they really have a floor I mean obviously the floor is going to be a non-zero amount but mm-hmm. I don't think it they really work the same way reserve list cards do but yeah like a lot of people bought a lot of Stoneforge Mystics, yep. and now that they, in theory, they are worth 
less on the marketplace now. Yep. They wouldn't want to sell them for less than what they paid for them. Yep. So they're just not going to sell them. Yep. So that then becomes the new floor for the price. Uh huh. I mean, my stone domestics like that I picked up for ten euros a piece are worth more than they were a week ago. Yeah, totally. So it feels good for me. I mean, I wasn't going to sell them anyway because I play them. But <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like you might see some some people like who like yourself like bought play sets at, like you know eight euros each, ten euros each, whatever, mm-hmm. like a while ago. And they'll be like, "Oh, sweet! Now they're worth like double what I paid for them. I'll sell them now." And then yeah, like exactly. that that that's going to be the new market price. People who paid considerably less selling them now, but that is that's going to hit a convergent point, and I, I think it is going to be considerably higher than what they, they were a week ago. Mm-hmm. See, you know, most magic podcasts give you like sweet deck techs and the tournament reports, and we just give you like insights into the market, <laughs> which is way more valuable. Yeah, you. sure. <laughs> Can't make money at money at tournaments. <laughs> Make money buying and selling snowboard mystics. Yeah. Well, but also go back in time five days. <laughs> yeah, totally. So that, that wasn't that. I mean, I think we should just really cover whether that should be unbound or not. Um, I I don't think it would be too much of a problem, but I, exactly yeah, I don't think it really needs to be unbanned. Like, I don't think it, I don't think it necessarily needs to be banned, but I don't think just unbanning something for the sake of it. Is a, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't think it's powerful enough for the format. Not no, we'll see. Play, but it's not. It's not busted. It'll be the Jace effect. Yeah, I, I think the the problem is the decks that want to play it. Like, surely it just kind of fights with like Leon and Arbiter to be in the same spot. And I think that yeah, I think that's going to be a more valuable card in in most scenarios. Absolutely, specifically in death and taxes. Yeah, I think because obviously the legacy version plays Stoplesteristic. Yeah. But also the legacy version has Wasteland and Rashad and Port. Yeah. And Leon Arbiter is just the best, one of the best tools that deck has. Yeah. Along with, uh, you know, you go to court stuff and the fact that people shuffle the mod all the time. And I just don't think Stonewood Mystic's better than that. Uh, yeah, I think I agree. It'll, like, I can't think of, I mean, Stoneblade Stone would probably be a thing. Yeah. You'd see Joe, uh, Jason Stonewood Mystic uh, in the same deck. And I think that'd be pretty good. Possibly, I think. I think. I think the obviously the biggest difference would be that 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 deck is obviously considerably better in Legacy because it has access to Force of Will and Wasteland, mm-hmm. yeah. whereas like those cards aren't in Modern and like with good reason, like they shouldn't be in Modern. Uh, that's conversation for another day, but I think Force is fine in Modern. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm happy to argue argue that that point at some point, but given the way that the formats are currently, like I, I think like any sort of Stoneblade deck in Modern would be considerably less positioned than one in Legacy would be. Yeah, I... I agree. I mean, I think this card's just easy to deal with. I mean, Colligan's Command laughs at this card. Yeah. Um, it dies to every removal. Like, Stonewood Mystic specifically dies to every removal so in the format, so you can kill it before it gets about to come into play. Yeah. It's I, It's just... It feels like a little bit too slow to be that good. Yeah. Um, where, like, So you go turn two Stonewood Mystic, and they go turn two make two hollow ones. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to attack you before you get your battles come into play. Um, and it's just... And then I'm going to kill the Stonewall Mystic anyway, and it just doesn't seem that good. And humans are just probably going to run over it. And I don't know. I think we'll see it unbanned soon. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it was unbanned eventually. But mm. yeah, I, I, I feel like I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like like messing around with a format like just for the sake of it isn't necessarily the best thing for for a format. Yeah, I think. I mean, we've got obviously Legacy is going to go crazy. So I yeah. think there's only time for there's only. <laughs> 
people only got enough brain capacity for one format to go crazy at a time. Yeah. You can't you can't drastically alter legacy and then drastically alter the at the same time. Yeah, just before a pro tour where both those yeah. formats will be played. Yeah, I mean, some, something I, I, a different card that I thought was I genuinely thought was going to get unbanned and absolutely can get unbanned is Splinterwind. Yeah, I, I agree one hundred percent with that. Um, As someone that has never played Splinterwind, like has never cast the card, the card Splinterwind outside of cube. Yeah, that card is absolutely fine. Yeah, I'm ex- in exactly the same position there as well. Like, so I love the card in cube. Like, I will draft like blue red twin decks all day long in like vintage cube, legacy cube. Like, we'll go for it. Uh, but in modern, like when that card was legal in the format, like I was playing Tron, mm-hmm. and I, as somebody who played Tron at the time of like Splinter Twin being a deck, I absolutely mm-hmm. think that Splinter Twin should be unbanned in modern. It should be legal in the format. Yeah, because it's just too slow for the best decks in the format currently. Yeah, absolutely. And like well, even so- at, like even at the time when it was banned, like it was it was again it's that thing of like the card itself isn't isn't the problem like the card itself wasn't being wasn't really that problematic it was mm-hmm. the fact that at the time it we seemed to be very sort of format warping and like people were just playing that deck there was no real reason or room for innovation whereas i think modern has moved on a lot since then absolutely and i think there are other cards in the format that have much more glaring problems than splinter twin does yeah absolutely it's- Splinter Twin is as good as it will ever be and will only get worse yeah. with the printing of more cards into modern. Whereas stuff like, like Stoneforge Mystic is as good as the best equipment in the format, so they have to be careful about printing equipment. Yeah. Galactic Company is as good as the best three drops in the format, and we're seeing them come close to making some egregious errors with printing three drops. Yeah. Uh, it's stuff like that, like these cards get better as more cards get printed and they're fine in the format. Splinterstone is just Splinterstone. Like we know what it does, we know how to beat the deck. It it just I think it's absolutely fine for the format. Yeah, I, I would agree there hundred percent. Like especially when we've got now, like we we we've got cards like um like Settle the Wreckage. Mm, oh dude. Yeah, like Settle <laughs> the Wreckage, like Rex Twin. Um yeah, like even like Tron has access to like Warping Whale. Like many other decks are like playing things like Internet and Snare and Bridge is way more popular now than it was then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I just just don't think it it would be an issue at all. And I think as I said even, even at the time it, like, it it didn't seem to be that much of an issue. Can you imagine it against humans? Let's go turn two, cart self rebooter, take your twin. Yeah. Turn three, meddling mage, name twins twin. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great, good game, and I'm going to kill you at the same time. Yeah. It's it just it just doesn't. It's fine for the format. I think it, I think it'd be fine, and I, I think people would play it. You'd get loads of people playing it for the first bit because of nostalgia and because they remember it being an incredibly powerful deck. Yeah, and then it just won't won't be top of the standing like it was before. Yeah, but that stuff card doesn't ban. Um, I feel, still feel a little bit silly for ordering a playset of Japanese ones off Magic Card. <laughs> <laughs> just they, I mean, they will be unbanned at some point, definitely. Oh yeah, we just can't eliminate it. It will be unbanned because it's 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 absolutely fine. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone that agrees that oh, Splinter would be stupid. Um, it means it's just it's fine. Yeah, I, I agree definitely. Like even if you look at like I know it, the the format's slightly different, but if you look at the Star City Games at SGCG Con, they mm-hmm. did a big like no banless modern tournament. Yes. And like the, there wasn't a Splinter Twin deck in the top. 16 like yeah like the, the fact that most of the like 11 it was like 11 of the top 16 decks were just Eldrazi decks yeah I, I Bergen's, uh still a busted magic card who knew yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> uh, remember that time remember Eldrazi Winter <sighs> yes I do I remember that time god that was awful yeah 
Why'd you play the standard then? I I was I was being I remember being very upset at the time that I Vugan was banned because it was great in Tron and I was playing Tron at the time. And then you just realised thanks to Vugan is probably just fine. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> um so anything more to say about Bands on a Man's in Modern before we um, just free twin. Yeah, absolutely. That's still that's still my thing. When we free Jace, it was it's kinda of crap. Free Bloodbred Elf, it's fine. Yeah. All these busted cards we remember from from past magic like nonsense is just they're just fine. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so before we get to obviously the big the big standard conversation. Yeah. Let's just mention vintage quickly. How is paradoxical outcome not restricted? I have no idea <laughs> at all. Like so pretty much like over the past two months, like I vintage has absolutely captivated me, like as far as far as like magic like formats go. Like I I would say like currently vintage is outside of old school, like vintage is my favourite format. Like even more than cube, like I'm watching a lot of vintage at the moment, and I I just love it. It it's it's just it's a really really interesting format that like so many things like just hinge on like so many like like plays like you get so many different lines, and it's like well if I take like this line would the match go in like a totally different like would it be a different outcome if I do this you know. It, so like just high, really, really high level plays, and I, I just I love the format. So say so I've been been watching a lot of it, really, really getting to get grips with the format, and I just I just do not understand why Paradox Outcome wasn't restricted. Yeah, the card's really busted. It's really <laughs> good. So like yeah, obviously I don't the, about it about it too much because I know that we don't have a huge vintage crowd. Yeah, totally. But basically the the two I'd say like the the two titans of the format really were like. You know, workshop decks, Mishra's workshop decks, and then Monastery Mentor decks. Yep. So they, well, well, we'll restrict Monastery Mentor. Uh, maybe that'll that'll hurt the Mentor deck and make make that worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't really like because then it yep. just kind of like it evolves into this this paradoxical outcome deck. So you you go down your copies of Mentor. So you've only got one copy of Mentor, but now you're kind of like this semi like Storm deck as well at the same time and. Mm-hmm. You're just doing busted things, paradox lot come like drawing yeah. just so many cards, so many really good cards. And yeah, I, I don't think it would be a problem at all if they restricted that card. Like in an ideal world, like I would love to see paradox lot come and Mishra's workshop both be restricted. You, I've said this, but you can't, you can't restrict shop because but, no one will play vintage and people go mad. That's yeah, that, that that's the issue. Like, but, I mean, even people that were playing. Like playing loads and loads of paradoxical outcome yeah. in vintage, were like, please restrict this card because it is silly. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, like you got players like LSV who like absolutely love playing like paradoxical storm and like paradoxical outcome mental decks. Mm-hmm. Going like, yeah, like it's, it needs to be restricted. Like it's it's a great card, mm-hmm. but it's 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 just too good. Yeah, and absolutely. again, it's, I think it is in one of those situations where again, where I think they could easily restrict it, and it's not going to do too much damage to the, the to the card to the format at all. Like to those decks that are playing it. Yeah, because the decks that are playing it are just they're just good vintage decks. They're yeah. just playing this card because it's busted. Yeah, absolutely. Core of the deck is it's just a vintage deck. It's just playing Moxon and Tops and Power, and you know, it's just. Yeah, the, the card essentially the, the card is it's used in the, it's a very similar way that like decrew time and, and treasure crews were, and that you get to draw loads of cards for like a, a fairly decent like cheap cost. Mm-hmm. But then because you're bouncing a lot of like cheap and free artifacts to your hand, and then replaying them like you're upping your storm count while you're doing them as well. Yep. And then doing all of that while you've got a mentor in play, like you just cannot beat a deck that's going off of it. Yeah. 
It's, so uh, I think like they were very quick to restrict like Treasure Cruise and Dick, and I think the same just needs to happen for Paradoxical Outcome. Yeah, it's the fact that it doesn't look outwardly busted because obviously when you just look at any eternal format, Treasure Cruise is completely busted because fetch lands and cheap spells. Yeah, but Paradoxical Outcome is just. It looks innocuous, and then you realise that Mox and cost zero mana. <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. And you're like, four mana, draw 13 cards, generate five mana, um, and then create a storm count, and you can do that on, like, turn one or two. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like I said, I don't think it would hurt the deck that much. Like, you just play more tutors to find your copies of Paradoxical Outcome. Find your copy, yeah. like, yeah, your one copy. Like, just play more tutors instead. Yeah, it's all you, good. You, yeah, you have Demonic Tutor, Mystical Tutor, uh, Merchant Scroll... Dig for time, Treasure Cruise, and just a recall. You're going to find it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, from Empiric Tudor, Imperial Seal, like, play them all. Why not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that should have been restricted. It yeah. wasn't. Whatever. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I'm sure it, like, I'm sure the next one, they'll hit it next time. Yeah, it, like, it has to be at some point. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on. Yeah. To, uh, to the sort of, I mean, I suppose Deathrotron is the big one, but this is equally as big. It's the fact that there are, there are no changes to standard. Yeah, uh, it's the one that I'm. I feel most. I don't know if, if if upset is quite the right word to use, but I think it's the one that I feel most most upset with. I'm confused. Yeah, because I mean, we so when we were planning to make this episode the M19 review um, episode, we were gonna because we normally record on Sunday evenings. We pushed it back to Monday evening. Yeah, because of bad and restricted lists. We're like because there are two ways to evaluate M19. It's M19 with Goblin Chain Whirler yeah. and M19 without Goblin Chain Whirler Absolutely. And those are two very very different reviews because so many different cards are not playable because of the existence of Goblin Chain Whirler yeah. and you, when you're assessing standard when you're building a deck, when you're looking at a new set for a new standard you have to, you just have to assess that card absolutely because it's so format warping yeah. um, and we're just being a dead horse at this point because everyone said it, we've said it enough yeah you, you can't have a conversation about standard being like, oh, but, uh, but Goblin Chainwiler. And the fact that it wasn't banned, I think... So we have three months until the red cards rotate. Yes. Until like the core of the mono red deck uh, rotates. So Kaladesh, um, Aether Revolt, Amaket, and Arrow Station. Before those cards, you know, Glorybringer, Chandra, all the, the cheap cards, most, yeah. most of the cheap cards rotate. So maybe the red deck will just die and Goblin Chainwiler won't be, won't be such a huge problem. Yeah, maybe. I think I think we have time to wait for that. Uh, and the deck has dropped off. Like the the red decks, it's still very good, but you know the last they haven't been dominating as much as they have since like GP Birmingham, for example. Yeah, uh, I think I don't know. It's 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 just it's a really strange one. So obviously, like I said, right previously when we've been like discussing Chain Whirler, like if you look at like the Pro Tour and like how well like the deck and like especially that card did at the Pro Tour, like. Mm. You kind of have to take any sort of data from Pro Tours with a pinch of salt, anyway, because the form, the you know, the meta games are always going to be quite inbred, and yep. the the formats usually tend to sort of lean towards like a more aggro build, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you look, you look at like the data of like how much like meta percentage is taken up, and I mean even yeah, like the win, like while it might have fallen off at like a GP level, like the win percentages are, are still there. It's still just going to get those wins like it's still game one like you're just going to lose to a the mono red deck yep. and I've spent like it's been like the past 10 days just reading just numerous different articles by like different like 
professional magic players, like people who are like just the best at the game. Like you've got like like PV, like Paolo Vitadoma de Rosa wrote an article for Channel Fireball about why Goblin Chain Weller should be banned. Yep. Like arguably the best magic player in the world. Uh-huh. Who has been playing the card just like you know, it needs to be banned. Just ban it. It's a problem. Yeah, it's a huge problem. And it's not as bad as I don't think because I think so there are, I think there are a few reasons why they haven't banned this card. Yeah. So I think the first one is we've got rotation in three months. Things might completely change, and then if it's still a problem, we can reassess it then. Sure. I think they're scared to ban cards in standard. Yeah, absolutely. And I, Wizard, I, 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 I understand that definitely. Absolutely, because we've had just the amount of standard bannings we've had in the last eighteen months, twenty-four months. It's uh, you know, it's, it's un- unprecedented. It's like absolutely unprecedented. It's like. Like I said, like I said in a previous episode, like I remember when I when I first started playing standard properly, like I never considered that a card could or like would like ever really be banned. Like you'd hear people go like, "Oh, Jason Mind Sculptor too too good for standard had to be banned in standard," and all of these like you know all, all that kind of talk. And you would you would never th- like I would never think that anything could would or should be banned in standard. Like while it, while I I would be playing it, and then yeah, because you. Because you, you hear about Joseph the Mind Sculptor, yeah. and then read Joseph the Mind Sculptor, and you're like, okay, fair enough, that seems, yeah. that seems like a band target. And then you, you, you read... look at the past 18 months of Standard, and it's like... You look at Reflect Mage, and you're like, how is that a band-worthy card? That's just reasonable. Yeah, um, yeah and I think I think that's part of the reason. They're just Because Aetherworks Marvel, people really annoyed because their deck got banned from under them, Team Red Energy got banned from under people, and people lost money in decks. Yeah. People and therefore just lost confidence in Wizards, so why should why should they spend all this money on this game yeah. where when they're just gonna lose that money because the cards become less valuable because they get banned. Absolutely, and it was it it was a real a real, real issue. Um that mm. particularly that first sort of like big banning banning wave we had there was like a i think it it, it wasn't it wasn't that long after uh, rotation as well and, and during that rotation period uh there had been a 50 50 fall off of of uh, magic players attending wpn locations mm-hmm. for fnms like fnm yep. had a 50 percent drop like in, in between a week of like just that small post um post rotation period Mm-hmm. So like things were looking pretty bad anyway, and then they went and banned a load of decks that people had invested money in, and I think that massively, massively damaged confidence in the company. Yeah, and I think that's a it's a perfectly reasonable consideration because at the end of the day, was the coast of business, and they have to make money. Absolutely, yeah. And I want them to make money because then I get to continue playing this game that I'm obsessed with. Yeah, absolutely. So because you, you see people all the time, oh, they're just a business trying to make money. I was like, well, yeah, they kind of need to because yeah. otherwise this game doesn't exist and you don't get to play. So. But I think, specifically with Mono Red, I don't think that's a problem. Because if you ban Chain Whirler, Red's still good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Red's still really good. It just doesn't destroy the format. Yeah. Or, or hamper diversity the way that it does. Yeah. And Chain Whirler's not a particularly expensive card, considering it's ubiquitous with the format. Yeah, sure. And I don't think people lose money that much. Because, you know, you've still got Chandra's and Glorybringers and Hazarets that are still going to rotate, and you're going to lose money on them anyway. So the banning of the card doesn't lose people money particularly, and the deck's still good, the deck's still playable. I, I don't think... That, this is a. I think I don't think the money argument particularly applies in this specific case. No, yeah, I, I would agree definitely. It's 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 not a particularly expensive card. Like I I picked up the the last two copies I was needing for my my playset um mm. uh, just a couple of days ago and picked them up for like three euros each. Yeah, like the, for a card not, that's like a four of in like most decks in the format. Like yeah, I'll play three euros all day long. Like yeah, exactly. I mean, I think. 
I think this is part of a of a problem that Wizards has had generally recently, is that they don't because they've, they've you know they've invested all this time and money in the like play design team and people testing cards and stuff. Yeah. They, they don't seem to know how good their cards are. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't seem to know that the Scarab Guard was going to be ridiculous. Yeah. They didn't seem to know that the entire energy mechanic was going to be completely busted. Yeah. They didn't seem to know that Goblin Chain Whirler was going to be the most played card in the format. Yeah, I think with, I think with with Chain Whirler, it. I mean, I, I haven't listened to like any sort of talk from anybody from uh, you know inside like R and D as far as like Chain Whirler goes. Like, I haven't been able to see anything where anybody has been talking about it or any articles about it. But mm-hmm. I, I think if if I had to hazard a guess, I think it was more to do with the fact that they were reprinting Lanowar Elves and they wanted something that would that would actively hit Lanowar Elves because they were scared of the power of that of Lanowar Elves in the in the format. That was it. I think there's a lot of things that play into it. I think they wanted something that was going to um, keep Lanowar Elves in check and obviously yeah. when they designed that card because they designed things like two years ahead yeah. when they designed that card they didn't know that Mono Red was going to be such a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the fact that it costs cool. red, red, red isn't... Yeah, well, they, they generally thought that that was going to be a drawback. Yeah, so you, you play that you play that card to beat the, the Lionel Ralph's decks, Ralph's decks, because they, they knew that Lionel Ralph's was really good yeah. and might be a problem in the format. And it just sort of, it's played out the other way, yeah. where that card is now unplayable because of Goblin Chainwheeler. And, I mean, on the face of it, it Goblin Chainwheeler doesn't look that good. It looks like a good card, but it, it doesn't look like the powerhouse that it currently is proving itself to be. Yeah, absolutely. When you look at it, cause we, I mean, everyone looked through the spoilers and thought, that's cool. This doesn't look like the strongest in the cycle. The cycle of the, you know, the, the, the trip color yeah. uh, cards. Yeah. People are like, oh, still, still if champion, this card looks busted. It looks really, really good. It's really powerful for green yeah. decks. And everyone looked at Goblin Chamber and thought, that's a cool effect. That'll keep that green-white tokens deck in track. And it just completely warps the format and everything's completely different and that's the most played card. Yeah, totally. It looks, it looks unassuming. Yeah. I think, I think it, I think in any other standard format, it is unassuming. Yeah, no, I, I would agree there definitely. The way that the chips have fallen for for this particular standard format has just, made, just made it so good because tokens are, un- are unplayable despite the fact that they're fairly pushed in the last few sets and like clearly um, a standard archetype that Wizards wanted to focus on. Yeah, kills Lana Elves, which was the intent, but they didn't realise that red was going to be such a dominant deck. Yeah. The fact that red's such a dominant deck makes Chainwheeler good. Yeah, it just, just means that mono-red was the thing anyway, so the mm-hmm. the supposed drawback of giving it a casting cost of red, red, red isn't actually yeah. a drawback because the only lands you're playing in, in your deck generate red anyway. Yeah, and all coming untapped. If you're yeah. playing like the black-red version, uh, the black-red aggro version, and then if you're playing like the, the Cinder Barons version, where you're playing mid-range, then the rest of your cards catch up, and then Chainwheeler just becomes great anyway. Yeah, it's, uh, it's that, and then it's just it's not it's not completely embarrassing when it doesn't just hose X ones. Yeah, three mana three fewer first strike is perfectly serviceable. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's gonna trade. Like it's gonna block Scrappy with Grand all day long. Yeah, exactly. It's just a, it's just. I think it's a well-designed card that happens to be oppressive by accident. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. It's not a car that they think, I oh, will try it out, and if it's busted, then we've got a problem. Like I feel like they did with Jason the Mind Sculptor. Like, we've never done this before, but we're going to push it as far as we can. Yeah. Oh, here it's actually busted. Stuff, like just the energy mechanic in general. Like, they really, they wanted to do that. Energy was in... Mirrodin, original Mirrodin, it was. I yeah, think. It, was be, it was meant to be Mirrodin. So like, that, that's been... I mean, the fact that it was so busted after they've had, you know, 10 years to work on it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, over 10 years. But the, 
they, they tried to push the envelope. Yeah, it was busted. That hasn't happened with Goblin, Goblin Chainmail. They, they just made a, a reasonable red creature that would be fine in pretty much every other standard format I can think of. Yeah, but it just happens to line up completely busted. Yeah, totally. Um, I think they probably should have pulled the trigger on it. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I I would agree as well. Like I think I've gone I've gone back and forth on it so many times, and you said the past ten days I've just read article after article by like people who play Magic the Gathering at a highly competitive level for a living. Yeah, a lot of them are playing mono red or black red, and they're still saying like this card needs to be banned. Like I'm playing with this card, but it needs to be banned. This is this is the thing because when we normally hear Magic players call for bans, it's people that don't like a certain deck just want to get banned because they can't play their silly pet deck. Yeah, it's people saying, "Oh, ban Splinter because it's oppressive, and I can't play my deck because of that," or ban Scarab because it's too good and expensive, and yeah. I can't afford it, and I want to play a good deck. Like those those are the arguments we're normally used to for bans, and they're not normally very well supported or thought out. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. You've got the Chainwell ban. You've got those people who think, "Oh, I can't play my my Elvesbury," yeah. but then you've also got some of the most respected players in the game consistently saying I'm playing this card it is winning me GPs it yeah. is winning me tours and I want it to be gone so that's the sort of noise you need to listen to rather than just magic plays oh, oh, oh I think Ancient Stones could be, should be banned because KCI is a problem and I can't beat it yeah absolutely like, yeah, I mean, I, I know I'm sounding a bit salty but <laughs> it's, uh... we, just, we used to magic players calling for bans on everything but I think this one's actually legitimate because like you said high level players are actually calling for the ban yeah it's it's just like we've gone over like a couple of times now like the, the card it's just the perfect storm of a card like mm-hmm. you go like turn one Beaumont Courier turn two Earthshaker Kenra turn three Goblin Chain Whirler into like turn four Chandra or Hazaret or yep. like Rekindling Phoenix like it's it's on curve like they've printed an aggressive on curve creature yeah they banned the three drop in Frostodon and yeah. then printed a better three drop yeah yeah, um, ab- yeah absolutely and like it's even the fact that it's it's good in the mirror match as well like if, you, if you're like like if you're on the play there and your, your opponent has done that as well your opponent's gone turn one Bowman Courier and Earthshaker Kenra and turn two you go alright turn three play my Chain Whirler that kills your Kenra and your Bowman Courier Yep. and we'll just get in like yeah we've seen how good the card is yeah um, like I said beating a dead horse but I just I was surprised that they didn't pull the trigger on the ban absolutely and I, I I really disagree with all of the evidence and information they provided us to attempt oh, to justify it in the, in the actual article I mean that's got the biggest write up yeah the fact that <laughs> basically they, they don't I'm not sure they reference it specifically but the fact they haven't well they, they do but the fact they haven't banned Goblin Chainwilder gets much much bigger right than the fact they've banned the most important card in Legacy <laughs> yeah absolutely like this let's show you how much they thought about it there's a good so, eight I mean they're short paragraphs but it's still eight paragraphs on why they haven't changed standard as opposed to like mm. three paragraphs on Deathrite Shaman being banned in Legacy and three paragraphs on Gitaxian Probe being banned in Legacy yeah this is eight paragraphs and eight paragraphs and a table on yeah. why they haven't done anything like yeah I just I think you look at like so they, they, they put up like a table with like a bunch of archetypes and then they the non-mirror match the win percent of those archetypes and they, they I, I just have a lot of I have a lot of problems with, with that with that table there because they don't I mean they don't say they don't really say anything like like where that data's come from like what that really represents like yeah, like it's, it's, how, how many is that win percent is that game one like is that you know what is it it just says 
Here are the win rates of the most popular decks on Magic Online competitive leaves. leagues, taken as a snapshot from mid-June. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's basically meaningless data. Yeah, absolutely. And even the fact that they've got black-red aggro and black-red mid-range listed as two different deck archetypes still... Even though we yeah. both really know, like they're the same deck essentially. Yeah, but I mean, it's just I think so. One of their arguments is uh, as the in the reference, uh, the the good cards in the red deck: Hazrak, Glorybringer, yeah. Chatter, Bowmakray. As those cards are entering their Twilight Standard, we anticipate the number of Goblin Chainmen in the Mets game will go down in the future. One, that's not necessarily true. Yeah. And two, I think that sets up a possibility for a new way to ban cards. Yeah. You ban them for a time period, not indefinitely. Yeah, totally. You ban Goblin Chainer for three months because it's clearly oppressive. Yeah. And when those cards rotate out and you get the new cards in Corset 2019, you unban it and see what happens. Yeah, totally. I think that's fine. Like It's fluctuating. It's sort of annoying for FNM players, I suppose, but it's sort of fine. Yeah, and they, they absolutely could could do that like there, there's nothing at all stopping them from going oh Goblin has chain Goblin chain well uh, is banned in standard next yeah. ban restrict announcement is August the 20th and then on August the 20th they go yeah, oh, no. Goblin chain well is unbanned in standard like yeah that wouldn't even affect the price yeah because it would still be 3 euros or whatever because people are like well okay well come August I can play this card again so I still want to own them so I still want to spend money on them yeah totally I think that's a way that they could have handled it they haven't we'll have to see what happens in the next 3 months yeah, I genuinely, genuinely think that it, we may even see a scenario like we did with Faladar Guardian, where like in two days' time there'll be there'll just be an emergency ban of Goblin Chain Waller. Yeah, possibly. Because that happened with, with Faladar Guardian last time. They they presented all of this data about how oh oh and and it didn't win this GP and it didn't win that GP and look at these percent and this percent and and all mm-hmm. of that and and then two days later it was fellow dark guardian as banned in standard yeah and that was that was back when they were releasing a lot more data from their magic online decks as opposed to today when they're they're really just not giving us that information mm-hmm. the fact that in going back to that that table as well like they list like the deck with the best non-mirror win percent is green black steel leaf <laughs> that's not even a deck like yeah, like, and and then and that's listed differently to to green black snake, like so that they're saying that both green black snake and green black steel leaf are two different decks, and mm-hmm. that green black steel leaf is a a better deck or a deck with a higher non mirror win percent. Yeah, but and that's I I, I don't even think that that's a, that's a deck I've seen, and it's meant it, like technically, if you go and by the raw data they've given us there, that is the best deck in the format. I mean, this could, could be this they haven't given what date this is specifically based on so no, the, the, the fact that so let's look at specifically has a red as they're called it yeah. as a non-mirror win percentage of 49.9% that could be based on a million games absolutely yeah that's represented that deck has been in tournaments yeah but green, Blue's, green, Blue, green black steel leaf yeah has a non-mirror win percentage of 55.7% which could be based on like 20 games we've seen from random people 5 owning leagues on, on Magic Online yeah this data is meaningless yeah absolutely it it, it, it Again, like if you do take that into comparison, is like into account as well. Like if they haven't said what this data is from, but if this data is from decks that are five nilled, like competitive leagues, leagues or Magic Online, then I can imagine there's going to be a lot more red decks that have five nilled Magic non Magic Online as opposed to you know, green blue steel leaf mm-hmm. with fifty one point four percent wins. Like it's it's yeah, it, the information they're showing us doesn't actually tell us anything about the format and yeah. 
you've got like you've got 13 different archetypes listed there and they're pretty much all of them are at around 50 percent yeah and i i really don't think that like all of the, the chain wall band talk aside i don't i really don't think that that is a snapshot of a healthy format if essentially your games are just decided by coin toss yeah it's it's all very strange and uh, I mean, all we can do is see what happens with the format, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, that's it. Like, all we can do is do is wait and see. But you know, uh, unless we get a, an emergency ban in two days' time, like, I'm, I'm just going to play mono red at nationals. Like, all this has done is is locked me in on that deck. Yeah, because it's just it's just great. And I mean, if now, now yeah, like it, like I said, if, if I've spent the past ten days reading articles by pro players going, this card was a mistake. This card is too good for this current standard format. I'm just going to play that card. Well, exactly. Like if yeah. everyone if everyone agrees, like top level players agree that it's busted. Well, I'm, I'm going to play it until it's not allowed anymore. That's yeah. the point of busted cards, right? Absolutely. So we'll we'll see what happens. And but I would be surprised if it didn't keep crushing tournaments. Yeah. And it's not even just a deck that's crushing tournaments. So it's a card, <laughs> specifically a card that's crushing tournaments. Absolutely. So, so it's it's all been a bit strange, really. Like you know, no change to vintage. That's a bit odd. Like Deathrite in Legacy, like sure, sure, it feels, it feels like we were like we weren't really expecting it to happen now. No, like, I was expecting it at some point, but I wasn't. It wasn't on my radar for today specifically. Yeah, like Probe seems to like completely like blindsided a lot of people. Yep. And then just this, no change to standard. Like it, it's all it all just feels very odd. It feels like it's been, it, it's been a strange day, but I'm I'm overall quite excited to see what what happens from here. Yeah, I think so. I feel yeah. I, I, th- I think strange is probably the, probably the best the best word to use to describe how I feel. Like yeah, uh, like excited, but at the same time also a little anxious. Yeah, but I'll see how things shake out. I mean, I mean, I'm mainly going to be keeping on top of Legacy. Yeah. I'm not stop at the moment because things are going to change. Yeah, sweet. So I think that covers the main topic, right? It does. Yeah, it covers pretty much everything this week. And what do you think? Like, do you agree? Like, do you think that? Chain Willer should have been banned. Like, do you think that Deathrite was fine? Like, should Ancient Stirrings have been banned? Should should Mox Opal have been banned? That was another card for consideration. Oh yeah, I forgot to talk about that. Yeah, nah, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's fine. It's That's fine. So yeah, and any any kind of feedback on that, get at us on our usual social media pages. You can find us at uh, facebook.com/hofdcast, and we are at hofdcast on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Peach Garden Oaf, that is O for Feneff, uh, or so, just Joe Loudon on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, my very inactive Twitter account is Sneal69. Hey. S N E A L. You get less enthusiastic about that every time. <laughs> it's been a um, long day for me, it's been a very long day. Or you can find me on Facebook aggressively trading cards uh, in the MTG UK pages or just generally annoying people. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of what I do. Or maybe maybe we will see an emergency ban on yet on Wednesday, and by the time this goes out, everything we've said will be completely wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, you're the official sort of well, the un- unofficial spoiler of cards, and sure, <laughs> you're the first person to to release any information or spoilers or bans or anything on the Facebook page currently. So yeah. maybe you'll just have to quickly make your own work obsolete. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Uh, but once again we are getting to that time uh, we're approaching the second hour uh, God Pharaoh has returned we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation